0: At number 10 in my list of personal, memorable moments from my time in rallying is my very first spectating experience on a rally. And as far as introductions to rallying go, they really don't get much more special than this. Just to put a little bit of context to this story, it was January 2002, and I was working as a promotions and sponsorship manager for a major tobacco firm. And just four weeks previously, I'd been informed that we were to sponsor the Subaru World Rally Team, and the first event was to be the Monte Carlo Rally. Now, I have to confess that at this point, I really wasn't what you might call a rally fan. Yes, I'd heard of the Monte, but I'll admit to asking about, well, who was this Hollywood Solberg character? And is that Tommy with one M or two? Yes, I'd heard of and Vattenen and Roll, but really only because as a teenager in my house... We devoured any sporting TV and grandstand. That wonderful staple of 80s sporting TV in the UK regularly ran cracking highlights features from the WRC. I do remember being slightly disappointed, though, that none of those characters were on the entry list for the Monte that I was going to. And so off I headed to the Monte Carlo rally with a newfound serious professional interest in rallying and a curious and growing interest as, well, perhaps a potential fan. And I remember my first full day of rallying was more or less spent going from meeting to meeting and learning as much about this complex new sport as I could. The service park was on that wonderful harbour front in Monte Carlo, and it really wasn't too difficult to be taken in by the gloriously intoxicating atmosphere of this strange new world That I was to become part of. As a short aside, that Friday was actually the first time I met, albeit remarkably briefly, my partner in crime on Rally Radio for so many years, Bex Williams. I was being shown around the mighty impressive Channel 4 TV trucks, and I distinctly remember a bright red shock of wavy hair, a beaming smile, and a cheery welcome being offered up from behind a mixing desk and a mic. Well, as I found out in years to come, that was our bex, okay, so I was undoubtedly impressed by the service park and t v compound and was just about beginning to understand the intricacies of stage times and itineraries. But what I really wanted to see was some action, and so over dinner that Friday evening with well pro drives Nick Fry, Hugh Chambers, and I kid you not, their head of marketing Colin Clark. Yeah, that caused a bit of confusion at times. I casually dropped into the conversation that day two should really be a spectating day for me. Well, no problems came the reply from, well, I can't remember who. Uh, There's a spare seat in the heli. Oh, that would be great, was my somewhat high-pitched screechy response, trying desperately but failing miserably to pretend that flying in helis was something I do every week. Well, you know what, I'd actually never been in one before, and it's fair to say my excitement was more than matched by my trepidation. You know, as a self-confessed coward and a, having a terrible, terrible head for heights, uh, you know what, it was going to be some challenge. Well, Saturday morning came, and I was driven to the Monaco helipad to meet my travelling companions for the day and our heli pilot. Well, for some reason, they gave me the front seat and we set off to somewhere called the Col du Turini. You know, I got to know that place a lot better over the years, but this was my first introduction to it. Well, all I remember about that trip up was a constant sense of doom and loose bowels every time the chopper hit a bit of bumpy air and we were tossed around more than I felt comfortable with. I was on the verge of panic. No one else in the heli seemed in the slightest bit perturbed god i felt awful trying to play the part of a successful high-flying marketeer was rapidly failing my mask well that had well and truly slipped and was now somewhere in the footwell of the helicopter with the contents of last night's overpriced cafe de paris supper the relief as the pilot sighted the stage and rally cars was palpable well it was from the front passenger seat anyway now this is where things went well from the sublime to the ridiculous Clearly, the benefit of having a heli is that you can land more or less wherever you want stage side. Well, in those days, you could anyway. But options on a mountain road for a heli, well, they're fairly limited, and it seemed that a number of other helicopters had got in before us and bagged the best spots. So what do we do? Well, we followed cars up and down the call for a while. An incredible experience in itself until our eagle-eyed pilot spotted a postage-sized stamp piece of ground that he reckoned he could land his chopper on true to his word we descended with a smoothness and a grace that gene kelly himself would have been proud of and threaded the eye of the needle amongst a grove of olive trees to reach a very welcome terra firma Rotor stopped thumbs up from the pilot door open and i'm out of that thing like well a wobbly newborn giraffe if i'm being honest the old gray-haired boy in the back leapt out like a spring chicken and headed straight to the stage But I was a little slower, and because of this, I was the one that the enraged old farmer's wife broom-brandished threateningly above her head, accosted with all her gallic charm, and a stream of what even I could tell were fairly choice profanities. I'd not miraculously, if I'd not, miraculously transformed myself from a baby giraffe into a sprightly mountain gazelle, in the flash of a broomstick she'd have undoubtedly clobbered me with that bloody thing. She really wasn't happy. We'd put down in her garden, and this was going to cost us dearly. Step forward the spring chicken-like grey-haired old man I mentioned earlier. A flash of the most disarming smile, a smattering of rudimental French, a slightly flirtatious little chuckle, and the demonic farmer's wife was putty in his hands. In two minutes, they were best friends, and we were welcome to stay just as long as we wanted. I liked the cut of this man's cloth. How could you not be impressed by such talents? And besides, he was wearing pink trousers. You can always trust a man in pink trousers. Let me introduce myself, he said. I'm Paddy, he said in a beautifully soft and reassuring Northern Irish accent. Over the next hour or so, I discovered my, that my new mate Paddy was not only great at rescuing me from murder-intent French women, he also made a fairly handy teacher when it came to learning the ins and outs of this new-to-me sport of rallying. There didn't seem to be an awful lot that he didn't know. It quickly dawned on me that Paddy was not just another enthusiastic fan or corporate bigwig. You know what, he simply knew too much, so I asked him outright, how come you seem to know so much about this rally? And the remarkably modest reply came back, oh, I've done a little bit of driving in my time. Now, at this point, a typically over-enthusiastic Italian fan appeared in our olive grove and practically fell to his knees prostrating himself in front of my new mate and declaring himself not worthy. Well, I think that's what he might have been saying. But he might have fallen over uh, after a little too much of the local grappa and was perhaps cursing his misfortune, whatever was going on. He eventually got up and retrieved a somewhat shabby autograph book here. Yeah, this was in the days before selfies. And asked Paddy for his signature. The pen was brandished with a flourish, and my friend scribbled, Calditorini 2002, all the best, Paddy Hopkirk. My goodness me, I was in the presence of Monte Carlo Rally Royalty. And I still didn't realise it. Such was the modesty of the man. And so having realised that there might be a story to tell with my new friend, I re- spent the rest of the day listening to tales from the good old days of the sport, of adventures that seemed almost too fantastic to be true and of exploits that truly defined a generation of motorsport achievements. You know, I'm sure I saw a few old Rally cars that day, but I can't remember which ones or who was driving them. But I'll never forget the privilege of hearing firsthand the story of Mini Number 37, Car number thirty seven, the Mini Cooper S and the giant killing exploits of Hopkirk and Lyddon on the nineteen sixty-four Monte Carlo rally. A passion was born in that olive grove on the Call de Torino that day, and for that I will be forever grateful to that softly spoken, unassuming and remarkably modest motorsport hero from Northern Ireland. Thank you, Paddy Hopkirk.